I had this idea to do a three-part series. I had a few different ideas for topics, but I decided to pull you guys and see what you want from me. Now you gave the option of dealing with the ex, your stepkids, marriage, mindset, or dealing with your triggers. Something along those lines. I forget what I said in the poll. Anyway, you guys picked mindset and triggers, which I love because you know me, I'm all about digging deep and taking radical responsibility for your life, even when so many things feel outside of your control. So I did it. I did a series and it is available right now for stepmoms in my membership. Right now, you can join for just $9.99, and for a limited time, members get access to a quick and dirty three-part series to help you feel more in control, to understand and minimize your stepfamily triggers, to get a hold of your reactions, to change your perspective about your stepfamily life. It is really freaking good. Now, this isn't just fluff either. We dive deep, and I walk you through how to get really clear on what's going on for you. Now, if you've ever had a reaction to your stepfamily stress that you're not proud of, or you want to feel more positive, but just can't seem to make that happen, this three-part series is for you. Members, you're going to find it in the library when you log into your account. And if you're not a member, but want access, head to jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership to join. There's no obligations. And if it's not right for you, you can cancel anytime. Hey, it's Jamie Scrimger. When I became a stepmom, I quickly realized that while moms are encouraged to keep it real, there's a big double standard when it comes to stepmoms. So I decided to start the conversation myself. Thriving as a stepmom doesn't just come from conversations about being a stepmom though. Here we dive into marriage, relationships, personal growth, and more. My mission, inspire you to live a kick-ass life while bringing you along as I create my own. This is the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Stepmom podcast. I'm so happy that you guys are here. Now, this has been a topic that has been requested several times on the podcast, but I've never tackled it either on the podcast or the blog or the membership. So I am excited to have the right person to bring this conversation to you. So today's guest is Michelle Wolf. She is an entrepreneur. She is a podcaster. She is involved in health and wellness community. And in this episode, we dive into her experience being a stepmom to a child who has lost their mom. So we dive into her experience dating a man with kids, how that changed when his ex passed away, what it was like moving into the house that they lived in together, how she's cultivated a positive relationship with her daughter while still honoring the memory of her mom, and really just how she's found her place. This one is extra relatable because Michelle also lost her mom at a young age and has her own experience with having another woman in her father's life. It was such a great conversation and something I know that everyone is going to take something from. With that, let's dive in and get to Michelle. So I would love to start at the beginning and your experience as a child, because I think that that relates to how you show up as a stepmom as well. So can you tell us a little bit about just your childhood and what happened there? Sure. So I had a great childhood, mom and dad together, happy, building a farm. At least I think they were happy. I'm sure they had their struggles because they were financially struggling when I was younger and whatnot and built this farm and all those things. But when I was eight, 
my mom passed from cancer. And so then I became an independent woman. (laughs) I had a lot of amazing people in my life who were helping raise me, but nobody in the house. My dad had met someone. He's actually still with the same person. He had a couple before, but the main person that he's with now, they've been together since I was, gosh, I don't even know. I want to say I was probably 12. I could have been even a little bit younger than that, but we don't have a very close relationship. We're two very different people. And she had her family, her partner had passed, and she was very much consumed with taking care of them. And we just never combined. She didn't want our families to combine. And so I think a lot of that has really pulled into my relationship with my stepdaughter and has really made it a valuable and important part of making sure that our families are good, that I have this really good connection with her as best as possible. I know every situation is different, but that has been a huge part to my relationship with my stepdaughter because I want her to feel just as important as what I didn't necessarily feel when I was growing up. And I don't like to throw anybody under the bus because everybody's going through their own journey. And, you know, I think I was misindependent and didn't want a lot of other people affecting what I did in my life either. So there's, there's all of that. But I just make sure that I just am very involved in her life and I want to be and I love it. And it makes me feel really good. (laughs) So were you an only child? I wasn't. I have two siblings. So my sister is four years older. My brother is three years older. So they were teenagers and they were, you know, doing their own thing. Also, my sister met her husband, who she has now at a very young age. So they were doing their own thing, but also I've always been a very independent person. Like they actually were scared when I was younger. My sister said she was always scared of me because I would go off and like talk to strangers. And you know, that's not always a good thing, but I just was very confident at doing that. So I just took over the role of everything. Like I became the person who did all the cooking and the cleaning. And I mean, we had somebody help out with all that stuff, but I really dove into making sure that the household was taken care of. My dad was a farmer. He worked long, hard nights. I would make sure his lunches were made and he had coffee at midnight if he was in the field. And I really dove into that motherly nature of taking care of the household. I did all the Christmas shopping for him. I just kind of dove into it. So did the new partner, did she live with you guys? No. So that was never, ever like a thing until I had left for quite a while traveling. I was 18 when I first moved to Spain. Then I moved to Banff for a couple of years. Then I moved home for a year or two. Then I moved to Australia for a couple of years. And around that time, they still did not combine their households. I think she was uncomfortable moving into our farm that my mom and dad would have lived the rest of their lives in. And my dad wasn't interested in moving to the town And so eventually my brother was going to take over the farm, they knew. And so my dad did finally build a new place, basically exactly behind my brother on the next road back. But that was hard. That part was hard. That transition of letting go of the farm, in my eyes, it was almost as if my mom was dying again. It was like I was losing a piece of her again. So they never did 
join together until many, many years after I had left the house. And now they do have a place together. Mm-hmm. And so like, what's Christmas and holidays and stuff like? Do you guys all kind of come together? You're getting into all the good stuff, Jamie. Well, look, I've been there. I get it. I'm like, can read between the lines. Like, you know, it's complicated, right? Like even as an adult, it can be complicated. Ugh. And, you know, my parents divorced when... I was in the second grade. Okay. And I think we still have complications now. So there's always the dynamics, right? It's so tricky. And I never want to like be rude or like I said, put anybody under the bus, but yet also it's real, right? It's real. Everybody knows it. Christmas is tricky. Christmas is awesome, but also so tricky. I will say my dad's house is not the house that I grew up in, right? And not just physically, but my house was the place where everyone was welcome. I have friends who their parents went through divorce and they lived with me for a couple of months. I have friends who, you know, at the end of the night, they didn't know where to go. They came to our house because it was a safe place and everyone was welcome. And I will say, my dad's house is not like that anymore. Mm -hmm. And there's a certain reason for that. And that's fine you know? However, going home doesn't always feel comfortable, doesn't feel like home. And so when we have Christmas, we typically will do it at my sister's house. She also has a big, huge, beautiful property. And so it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I I hear that. Now let's fast forward because mm-hmm. I'm sure this could be a whole other podcast episode, but totally. we'll fast forward. Okay. I'd love to hear about how you became a stepmom. Like what was that experience? Like, you know, dating someone with children or with a daughter and just tell me about that. Yeah, it was interesting. At the beginning, I remember I was telling somebody the story the other day, actually. I forgot about it. On his phone, he had a picture of her and he said it was his niece when I first met him because we were young and partying and like just having fun, right? And then it wasn't too long after that where he's like, I can't not tell you this, but I love her so much and she's my daughter. And I'm like, oh, that's totally fine. Like, I don't mind. I actually had feelings when I was younger that I would be with somebody who had children. I never thought of being a stepmom. I never, ever thought of being a stepmom. But I just had a feeling that I would have somebody who had children. And it was a tricky time. I was very much left out of a lot of Christmases and things like that because there's the family time. And we never amalgamated our family until basically fast forward, which I am getting to, where she actually passed away. The mom passed away. So that whole transition and many years of like figuring it out was really tricky because I wasn't as hands-on. I wasn't able to be with her as often as I wanted to. And it was very separated. And looking back at that now, I don't know that I would do it. I had like this inner deep feeling that I was meant to be in her life, which I think is why I continued to live in that way. But if I were to do it over again, I would have said like, hey, you know, it's been a year or two. Let's move in. Let's start our family. You know, I would have been more concrete about this is what I want. And so this is what we're going to do because this is what makes me happy. But in the time, I was just like, I love this person for some reason. There's some reason why I'm supposed to be with him. So I just kind of let it happen. So it was tricky. It was really hard. But I will say my relationship with her has always been good. She loves me so much and I am so, 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 so blessed that that relationship is very strong and has always been a very good relationship. 
So tell me about what that looked like, though. So you guys lived separately, and they were doing kind of their thing, the co-parenting family stuff. And then so when you say it was very separate, like he had his dating life, and then he had his family life? Well, Yes and no, but mostly what I'm trying to get at is like, you know, Christmas time. I want to go home and I want to see my family. Mm. But like he has his daughter and his ex are trying to figure out where they're going to go with everybody and whatnot. And it's just like, how do you connect all of it when I'm like, listen, I'm going home and I'm spending time with my family and it's two hours away from Toronto. So it was just like little things like that were very tricky. I couldn't just be like, hey, let's do this and let's do that. Because there's so many different family dynamics of trying to get everybody to work together. So it was more so that. It was just tricky, you know? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of stepmoms, especially new stepmoms or someone who's dating someone with kids can relate to that though, right? Because they're like, these are my traditions. I want you to come to my family. I want to be able to go home and see my family if there's traveling involved. And there's a whole other dynamic and obligations and traditions to try to find that balance. Do you have any advice for them? Actually, you were like, I wouldn't do it. (laughs) No, you know what? It's funny. This year, it came up again. So my partner specifically, he wants to spend not only Christmas Eve, but also Christmas Day with his family. And I will tell you, they live 10 minutes down the road. So we can see them any weekend at any time. My family is two hours away. And we always did Christmas Eve. Ever since my mom passed away, my aunts would come over and my family would come over. It was a big tradition. And so Christmas Eve to me is really special. For the last couple of years, it's been COVID. We have missed that. This was the year where I was like, we're doing it. We are going. And I will also say, they also sleep over at his parents' house. That's crazy. That's a thing. We're 10 minutes away. <laughs> like, I want to, I am like that creative mom. Like, I love buying things where like I can put them together the night before and I want to make a scavenger hunt and I just want to like prepare for the morning. And I want to like have breakfast together as like a family and do our thing. And I don't want to be waking up at grandma's house or like doing that and then having to rush home and do presents at home, but then rush back maybe later. Like, you know, like I just want to kind of chill on Christmas day and we all have our different things. And I totally get that. But this year I was like, you know what? Enough is enough. I need to see my family. This is very important. I seven nieces and nephews that are waiting for me and excited to see me as well. And I know that my stepdaughter wants to play with them as well. We're going, whether you like it or not. And if you choose to stay, I'm going. And by the way, she said she's coming with me. (laughs) So that was actually the plan. She was going to come with me. He was even thinking of staying because he's like, well, I don't want to leave my parents alone. And I'm like, they see you every weekend. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You're going to be heated up again because I'm like bringing up this crazy topic. It ends up being a snowstorm. So long story short, we don't even end up going to my hometown. So I'm like the one year where I finally make it where we can do it and it doesn't even work out. Thank God my dad's birthday is on the 27th. So we all went and it was a blast and it worked out. But the advice I would say for stepmoms who are trying to figure that out is like sometimes you just got to stick to your guns. And if that means there's going to be something not so perfect, like for instance, if he didn't come, I was choosing to say, that's your problem. I am choosing to do this with my family because I love my family and this part of Christmas is important to me. And so I'm just going to go without you. You know, I had made up that decision. It didn't work out. 
but I had made up that decision. And every other year I would put up with it and I would just do what he would say. And then I would end up feeling resentment. I'd be mad and angry and pissed off the whole time. And I'm like, this is ruining my Christmas. If I'm just sitting here and rolling over to whatever you tell me to do or whatever you tell me is right. And I get it that my stepdaughter wants to do these things. Also, she wants to go to grandma's. It's a tradition for her. And so I was actually willing to go home to my hometown, but come back Christmas night and sleep over at grandma's. And I no longer felt resentment out of it because we had made the choice that it was cool to go for the day. And so, you know, a little bit of give and take is great, but sometimes you really just got to do something for your mental mindset and like make a decision for what is best for you. Mm-hmm. I love that. Now, so I'm guessing there were some heated conversations about Christmas. Always. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. Okay. And so that's what I want to, you know, just make sure people know. Cause I think sometimes they're like, yeah, but my husband's pissed. Like he's pissed off. We're fighting yeah. about this. It's yeah. like, that is okay. Right. Right. It is okay to have these conversations. Okay. So I feel like I'm at a really good place or we're at a good place for our communication and our fighting space right now, because it takes many years to figure out how to fight with somebody, right? Mm -hmm. And we've come to a place where instead of getting really loud and heated up, we choose to actually step away from the conversation when that happens, because nothing gets resolved. He is a cancer, like his horoscope, cancer. He's fiery and he is not going to let up. Like I just know that about him. Mm -hmm. So I will actually leave the conversation if that means leaving the house or maybe going to the room or doing just something different. No conversation, no speaking, because any speaking is going to lead to a fight. So literally leaving getting clear of like how I'm going to actually say it in a nice manner and the way that he takes things. So he really responds well when I say things like how it will actually benefit or how it will benefit his daughter. So I actually change the conversation away from me or away from him and more so of like, okay, how can we benefit? Like what is good about this situation and the outside aspects of it? And then I'll often actually write it in a message, whether it's a text or something without heated. Like I'm not doing any snitty responses. I'm not being rude, even though I want to be completely petty and shove it up as you know where. <laughs> I try to really be grounded about the conversation mm-hmm. because those words and the pettiness are not going to make anybody feel good and it's not going to make the conversation go any better. I'll often do that. I'll send a message and then I'll leave it. Not send another one or have the conversation, right? This isn't just we don't just communicate through text. It's, you know, hey, I like a good text. I like to just yeah. get it out and then like move on. I don't want to have back and forth. That's right. And then move on. And so typically that will lead to then him understanding and getting where I'm coming from. And I find that that is really, really helpful for us. And it feels good for me because I don't do well with a heated conversation. If somebody yells or is like screaming or is upset, I immediately like tighten up. I've never liked it, like even as a child. So for me, it is best to get out of that circumstance and just deal with it in a different manner. Mm -hmm. I love that. And you've really got to figure out how to fight. You do. Because if you're not having any disagreements and you're always on the same page, I don't know. I feel like someone's not saying something, you know? I'm going to interrupt this episode really quickly to give you the inside scoop on brands and resources that I'm loving who also help support the show. 
If you've been around since the beginning, you know that I created this platform and community 100% on my own. Google searches and podcast episodes and help desks are my business coaches, and that includes creating my website. Speaking of my website, if you've been on it in the last year or so, you know that it looks freaking amazing. Yeah, I know, humble brag, my website is bomb. I get a lot of questions about who designed it and how much it cost, and here's the deal. I did my own website. I just bought a template from Tonic Site Shop and customized it so that it's aligned with my brand, my messaging, and my style. Tonic Site Shop has redefined the website template. So throw out everything you think you know about creating a website and check out Tonic Stat. These are completely customizable websites designed for people who give a damn. I've heard people say that your website does not matter. That is complete crap. These days, your website matters big time. These templates are incredibly user-friendly with a drag and drop design. You use this intuitive platform called Show It to customize your website template without needing to know a single line of code. You just drag and drop like it's hot, no tears, no code, no limits. Head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash tonic to choose your template and then use the code Jamie15 to get 15% off. These templates are totally worth the investment and help me take my brand and my community to the next level. I can't wait to see what you create. So let's talk about what happened when her mom died. Cause you know, a lot of stepmoms reach out to me and they're in the same situation. There's not a lot of resources out there Mm. and I'm sure for you, and I'm just assuming, but it's like, okay, what do I do here? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we navigate that? So how did your relationship progress at that point? And how did you get to the place that you are now? Okay. So I will say I am very lucky again, because I have a very good relationship with her. We were not super, super close at the time. Like I said, I wasn't full-time parent at that point, but she was very much open to me being in her life right away. And so it was before the pandemic, I was in a condo. She would actually come and spend some weekend time with me. So during the week, I would maybe visit once or twice and then they'd come over on the weekend and we'd do fun things together. So it was a really good way to get to know each other and to like have fun experiences together, cook together, just learn how to live with each other and communicate and all of these things. So mine was like slow going, I want to say at first. And then the pandemic hit and going into a condo, us not knowing about like the transmitting ways of how it was working in the moment, we had made the decision to not have her come to the condo and for me to sell it and to move into the house that they had. And so that happened within the first year of her passing So now I'm in a house that is actually where she lived. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole nother story. (laughs) Yeah, I've done that. Oh, yes, you did. And I remember seeing you saying things about like renovations and finding stuff in drawers. And you're like, shit, like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, do I not move it? I have to move it. Like I found the wedding dress. No, you did not. Yeah, I did. (laughs) So I did too, but like she's deceased. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. My mom was here and she handed it to one of the kids and was like, can you bring this to the car to your mom? Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) That happened. And you know what is so funny? I think it's like, if you were married to a woman, 
it would have been handled differently. Yeah. Married to a man, they don't care about that stuff and they don't really, and I don't want to generalize males, but for the most part, men don't get that like intimate stuff. Yeah. And it's really freaky. Oh yeah. So all of her stuff is still here and grandma was supposed to come and deal with it, but the pandemic happens. And I'm like, I'm not just leaving all this. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I still can't sleep in that bed and in that room. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. I just can't. I can't do it. We want to move and we want to get somewhere else. But with the way that the world is working right now, we're just waiting for, you know, we're waiting for the right time because there's going to be yeah. a, a heck of a deal coming up soon. But it's really trippy. So I had to tiptoe around changing things or removing things. So there were certain things that were important for me, okay, about maybe not having certain cooking tools or even like mugs. I cannot drink out of a mug knowing that it was hers. I can't do it. I just can't. And so I've actually taken those ones and put them in a box and they say for when Sarah's older. Mm -hmm. And then I've put mine in there so I can use those. And there's other things that as a woman who lost her mom, I know was really important to me. I know that it would be important for her to have in the house still. So for instance, her mom's old like albums and stuff, I've actually left them. And if she comes across them one day in the closet, I want her to have them and to be able to see them that they're there where they were left, where her mom had left them. I don't go through them. I'm not going to touch them. But I, it's little things like that. And even like blankets. I don't want a blanket that I know that she's used. I can't even lay in the tub because it's also that aspect of like, she was ill. And I know that she probably did try to heal in this house or tried to get through that. And I saw my mom go through that, right? The same thing, the same trauma. And so I visualize what that looked like. And I can't do, like, I can't lay in the tub. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, and that makes sense. But what was that like for you in trying to find your place? Was it difficult? Was it yes? like, what am I doing living here? Like, what is happening right now? I'm trying to figure out my role here, but I'm literally around all of her stuff. Yeah. So there were things that had to move. There was a chair that I know was specifically for her going through treatments. It was like a lazy boy. And I'm like, it doesn't suit in this vicinity. I know what it's being used for. We need to get rid of it. And it actually took a long time before he felt comfortable getting rid of it, even though he would never even sit in it. It's so weird how people are like that. It's like an attachment to a thing. And I guess I had an attachment to it as well, knowing what it was used for. But the moment he said I could get rid of it, out the door, it was gone, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how that freed up so much energy in the space. So there are certain things like on the walls. I took things off the walls that didn't suit my personality. They were not my style, but putting new ones up were tricky for him. So then I just left it for a while. It was just a blank wall. And then when he got comfortable, I was able to put up something that was comfortable for him and comfortable for everybody. And so little things like that, it's annoying because you're kind of tiptoeing or like being safe about it, but 
allowing a little bit of space. I don't want to cause stress on anybody. And yet I also want to be feeling safe for myself. So often I'll do it when they're not home. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll move something or change things up because they don't need to know about it and they don't really care. But if I announce it, they're going to say something and they're going to be upset about it. Right. I used to get rid of a lot of stuff when Darren would go away. Yeah. He was always like, why are you messaging me so much about what time I'm going to be home? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if I have another you know, round of goodwill. Like how much time do I have? Right. You know, and I right. remember one time he was away and he came home early before I could get to goodwill. And then like the next day he was going to put something in the trunk of my car, but he opened the trunk and it was just like full of all stuff from the house. And I was like, Oh, you didn't want that. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I totally get it. How did she react to that? Like, was your stepdaughter okay with the change? It's so funny. She doesn't care. I would have cared as a little girl. So that's why I'm mindful of like doing it in front of her. But she doesn't care. It's just her dad. And I even ask her, I say like, hey, would you want this? Like it was your mom's. And she's like, no, Mm -hmm. like I don't care about that. But I'm like, listen, this is a cool sweater. It was your mom's. And like one day you're going to want a really comfy sweater we're keeping this, you know, like stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And she appreciates it now. She just went on a trip and she actually brought her mom's comfy sweater. And she's like, I'll wear this to bed sometime. I'm like, totally do it. Absolutely. You know? So I actually encourage her for little things like that. But honestly, she doesn't care for majority of it. She wants my stuff. Like she likes the style Mm -hmm. and she likes the way it looks and how it feels. And so, yeah, so it's been pretty easy, but I'm also mindful of the thought that like, it might come around. She might get older and be like, Hey, where's my mom's jewelry? And I'll be like, all in this box. Here you go. But right now, she just doesn't really care, which is really handy. <laughs> yeah. How do you think that you created that relationship with her though? Because that just doesn't happen. What kind of mindset did you have going into this relationship with her to get to this point? That's a great question. Many, 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 many years of my own self-development, right? Really learning who I am and identifying like who I am, what I need, all these things really helped our relationship, I truly believe. I will say it wasn't easy. So as much as she's amazing and she loves me, she kind of drove me nuts, right? Like jumping into a new family, becoming a full-time mom. And she wanted to be with me 24 seven. This girl loves me. And being an independent woman who's been on her own since she was eight years old, when her own mom passed away, I was feeling very claustrophobic. And it was the pandemic. So we were also all home. And my partner worked from home during that time. So we were all in this tiny little home and I used to look at her when she would be playing on her iPad. Let's just say the iPad is no longer a part of our lives, but it was for at that time. And I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know how to speak to her. I didn't know how to give rules. I didn't know how to be the mom that I knew that I was meant to be. And it took therapy So I used to have these feelings of things like, you're spoiled little brat, and she's not. You know, or I'd be like, oh my God, you have no idea. You know, I used to get so mad at her and be so annoyed. And I'm like, why am I mad at this young little girl who's actually an angel? She's pretty amazing. She's like one of the best kids in the world. But why am I so mad at her? Like, where is this coming from? And I used to cry in my car. I used to call my friend like twice a month at least, bawling totally lost, not sure what was going on. And 
I finally decided to do therapy. I went back to a therapist from my hometown area who actually had become a trauma therapist over these past 10 years that I hadn't seen her. And I was like, perfect. You already know my story. You know everything about me and my family. I'm in. And it really, 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 really made sense when she's like, oh, so you're seeing her as you as a little girl. So you're actually seeing that she's being a spoiled little brat because you want her to smarten up and toughen up because if she doesn't, she's going to die. She doesn't have anybody taking care of her. And so you're trying to teach her how to be you when you were a little girl, but she's like, she's not you. So little things like this and learning more about my own traumas and my own crap that I was having to go through and learn about has been the biggest benefit to figuring out how to have a relationship with my daughter. Yeah. And that's so important. I was just actually doing a membership interview with an attachment expert uh, for the kick-ass stepmom community. And it was like, there's so much deep inside that we don't realize is impacting the way we look at our stepkids and looking at our relationship, looking at the ex, like all these things. And we're like projecting or we're putting our unhealed wounds. And, you know, a lot of the things that we think it's about is actually not what it's about. Yeah. Right. Like it wasn't about her. It was about you yeah. and your experience and getting to that point is so hard, but you can't unsee it once you do. Totally. And so every time there's a reaction with my partner or with her or anybody in this world. I'm like, oh, I wonder what trauma that comes from. I know. <laughs> I wonder what they haven't dealt with or what even past traumas from their parents that they're carrying on. Like, where did that come from? Like, I actually get excited about it now rather than being like, you're a prick. Like, <laughs> shut up and leave me alone. Like, I now like analyze, oh, I bet you do that because of your parent, like you were beaten as a kid or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, that's where that came from. Cool. You know, mm -hmm. it's very, very interesting. Yeah, it is so interesting. So you did the work. This was, you know, obviously a tricky situation, right? Finding your role, finding your place. One thing that you just said that really kind of stuck out to me is that, you know, you felt like you couldn't be the type of mom that you wanted to be given this situation. And I think that's what a lot of stepmoms deal with, right? You know, we would do things differently where, you know, there's definitely ways that I parent Reese that are different than the way I parent my stepkids. And that's just because it's a different situation, can you tell us a little bit about what that's been like for you, especially when there isn't another mom in the picture? Yeah. It's taken a lot of time. You never want to upset them or make them hate you, right? I think that's the biggest thing. I'm like, I can't say this because if I do, they're going to hate me and I can't live in a relationship like that. And like, I want her to love me. But there got to be a point where there was things like the iPad. So the iPad before I came into the picture was like, an, you're allowed to have it for eight hours. Sure. Mm -hmm. No problem. I would look at the time and I just like want to vomit. Anytime I wasn't there, she was on it. And it was many years coming because her dad thought it was normal and okay. And so then finally we go to the eye doctor and she's like, you're going to have to have glasses if you don't get off this iPad. And I was like, finally, I have validation from an outsource. Amazing. This is the best day of my life because it caused also all of the fights, right? Inside, I wanted to tell her she couldn't use it, but I wasn't able to actually say it out loud. And so I would get frustrated and it caused a lot of our fights. And so finally having that validation, I was able to say like, listen, now it's time to like get rid of it. And I actually said out loud, I don't care if I'm the bad mom. Mm -hmm. I am okay today to be the bad mom 
because you and your eyes and your health is more important than you liking me. Mm-hmm. And I said this in front of both of them. I didn't say it yelling like this, but I was like, so I'm okay to be the bad mom. Every time that I tell you to put your iPad away or to eat your vegetables or whatever it is, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with being a bad mom or the mean mom. I think I said the mean mom. I literally said this out loud to them. Mm-hmm. And she like looked at me with like big eyes and she's like, kind of like taking it in. And I was like, it's okay. So now when a time comes up like that, and if she like rolls her eyes or is like not pleased with something I've asked her to do, I just said, listen, this is for your best good girl. This is for your best good, your health, your wellness, whatever it is. And so I'm okay now. (laughs) I still have things like chores. I do not give her as many chores as what I would if it was my own child. You also grew up on a farm though. I grew up on a farm where you work hard. Like, yeah, I remember before my mom had passed. So I had been under the age of like probably seven and I was spraying milkweed with like a chemical pack on my back, spraying the milkweed. And I'm like, that's disturbing, but we were always working. We always had a task or something to do. Whereas this kid crafts all day and has a blast. Yeah. And then complains when she's bored. And I'm like, no, 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 no. People who are bored are just boring people. Okay. So figure yeah. it out. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Yeah. It, it Say it though. Cause it's really true. Like if you're not boring, you will figure something out. So how old is she now? She's 11. She's 11. Okay. So you're like teetering on the teenage years, tweenage, all the things. So how do you honor the memory of her mom and the relationship with her mom while still finding your role here? Because I know that's where a lot of stepmoms in your position struggle. They're like, okay, I'm like the only mother figure here. So I'm essentially mom, but I'm not mom. Yep. I love this question. And I think it's really important because I went through it, right? Like I lost my mom. So I will say a couple of things. One thing is we have a picture. Now this is also because her mom has passed on. I don't know that I would have a picture of her and her mom up in our kitchen if she hadn't passed, but that is one way that we do it in our household. We have a picture of her and her mom on our kitchen counter And she can always see it. It's always facing her where she sits doing her homework and all of that stuff. And I love that. Otherwise, I would say in the bedroom, make sure that you have a picture of them. If she's alive, whatever. I I just think that's important and okay. Mm -hmm. But definitely no past like family or wedding or any of those photos. No, thank you. I don't want those around. Not interested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> personally. And then we do fun things like we celebrate birthdays. So whether it's my mom, whether it's her mom, her mom's is actually coming up this weekend. We're going to, it's about two hours away where she's buried. So we actually go there, we bring cupcakes, her grandparent, her, like her parents will come and we make it an event. It's not a sad thing. It is like a celebration for her. We also choose to talk about mother's day of how she wants to do it. Do you want to go to grandma's? Do you want to go for dinner? Do you not want to do anything? We have an open conversation about it. And yeah, I talk about her all the time. If she says something, I'm like, hey, guess what? Like, I remember seeing something about your mom where she really wanted to try surfing. Would you ever be into that? Or like, is that something you're into? Because I remember your mom saying that. 
we talk about her. I'm not afraid to talk about her and to say like, hey, that was your mom's. Do you want to use it? You know, like I'm often talking about her mom because I remember as a little girl, people saying that we still always talked about my mom. And I'm like, I never want to forget her. And I don't want it to be uncomfortable. I want it to be normal. Mm-hmm. So the conversation about her mom is always available. And also family. So her mom's parents are still very much involved in my daughter's life. And I'm actually the one that's in communication with them. So if she has a ball game or whatever it may be, they'll usually get a message from me saying like, hey, this is happening on these dates, if you want to come or whatever. So there's a connection there. Just, you know, it's not always comfortable. Can't say that I would love to be their best friend, but like, I'm going to make everything possible to make it comfortable for my daughter. Mm -hmm. And so that means having a relationship with them. Yeah. And that's very big of you. Right. And I think sometimes we get caught up on how we wish it were. Yep. There's a lot of things in this situation. It's like, ideally it would be a different scenario, but just accepting what is right. This is the situation we're in. How can we show up as our best in this situation? Totally. And I also do feel very grateful for what I have. Like, I'm so grateful to have her. And so actually being grateful to her mom, being like, hey, like, you raised an amazing child mm-hmm. and, and now she gets to be a part of my life and that's really special. And I'm so grateful for that. It takes away the yuckiness of like, ugh, like your stuff's around or like, I don't want to have to deal with this stuff yeah. anymore or this story. It's like, no, it's okay because I'm really grateful for what I have now because our relationship is amazing. And I know that's not for everybody, but also remember that it can change over time. I I do want to say that because I have seen that in other situations and other relationships too. Mm -hmm. But I do think a lot of that is attributed to the fact that you've done the work on that, right? Like, yes, you were sitting in the car crying. You were looking at her being like, you are annoying me so much. Like this kid is driving me nuts. This kid is smothering me. This is not what I like. You had all of those moments. So it's not all hearts and sparkles, but it was about being in those moments and then being like, okay, what am I going to do here? Right? Like I've got to dive in and something has to change. And it's not this, like, this is what it is, right? This is the situation that I'm in. So looking inward and being like, okay, I've got to do some work here and figure out how to make this work. And that does start with you. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer that like situations come into our lives for our own personal growth. And so looking at the scenario and being like, okay, like I'm going to grow a lot here. I'm going to look back into my past traumas. I'm going to learn what I don't like about myself or what I don't like about other people. Like, and then do the work and you grow. Like I look back and I'm like, wow, like who I am today has like fast forwarded so much since becoming a stepmom. And it's all because of that. It's like every day there's a new lesson for me mm-hmm. of learning out who I am and what I need for my personal well being. So I think that looking at it in that realm of like knowing that you're actually growing and becoming a better human is a big piece to like letting go of the stressors that you're having right now or like more so understanding that you're in a process of figuring it all out and nobody's doing it right. Everybody's just trying to figure it out, but actually doing something about improving or figuring it out is the best part. Listening to this podcast, having an awareness even Mm -hmm. of like what's possible or like maybe how you can shift things up or like improve things that are going on that maybe haven't been working for you is 
so powerful, Jamie. And I know yeah. you know that because you have people who are learning and, and hearing this and reaching out to you. And I think that little things like that, and it's not even little, it's huge. Like do the work, figure out what it is that you can do to improve yourself in order to be a better person for these little humans that are, they're, they're just trying to figure out their own selves as well. Yeah. 100%. Now, last question for you. How did you get to the point calling her your daughter? Because I know people are like, oh, because I always say stepdaughter. And I think people have different opinions about that. So was she okay with that? Was that something you did right away? Like, what was that process? Yeah, love this too. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I didn't want to do it in a way that she felt uncomfortable, especially because her mom had passed. And so at the beginning, I remember her being weird about like my name, like, what do I call you? But she didn't want to come out and say like, do I call you mom? But I personally was like not wanting her to call me mom almost because I didn't want that as a kid. Like my mom is my mom. Mm -hmm. And I used to call my aunt's mom and that stopped as soon as she died. Cause I was like, nobody else's mom except for mom. But looking back at it now, I'm like, damn it. I wish I did. Cause I wish she would call me mom. Cause I am mom. Mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, mom number two. But in the moment, that's just kind of how it happened. So she does call me Michelle. I sign my name on like, I give her love notes in her lunch and I sign it with an M so that it could be mom or Michelle, whatever she feels comfortable with, you know, approaching the day with or like with her friends or whatever it may be. Her friends all call me mom. Everybody knows me as mom. Mm -hmm. And I call her my daughter. And it's because she feels more comfortable that way. Mm -hmm. When it first happened, when her mom died, she felt like she was missing out on something. So she didn't want people to know that she didn't have a mom. Mm. And so she felt really comfortable with me saying that I was her mom. I remember one of the first times that I said, oh, I'm her mom. And she, she was like, you said that I was your mom. And I said, yes. And I want to ask you, are you okay with that? Because that just kind of happened, but I've never talked to you about it. Are you okay with it? And she's like, I'm okay with it. I'm like, okay, if you ever change your mind, just let me know and I can change that. And so if there's like a situation where I like have to say that I'm the stepmom, if people are like not getting it or something, I don't have the same last name, stuff like that. Or if they're like, you don't look like her. I'm like, well, I actually look like her mom, but her dad is a different color and he's short and he's different. So, (laughs) so yeah, it was a very open conversation. As you can see, I like to talk a lot. And so I'm very open. I'm not afraid to ask her what she likes, what she doesn't like. And if she wants me to change something, I'm more than happy to change that up for her. Mm-hmm. I love that. I like that you were like, it's about what she's comfortable with, right? Because there was this conversation online once and someone was like, I think bonus mom is the best. And I'm like, I listened to this episode once and one of the experts was like, the only people who get to decide if you're a bonus is them. Thank like, you. You don't get to decide you're a bonus. Right? <laughs> like, you know? And so this is what's always worked for us. And like, I've never thought there was any like shame in saying like, no, they're my stepkids because, you know, they have a mom, right? And it was always very different. Do they call you stepmom? They just call me Jamie. Yeah, that's great. And I'm like, that's my name. Totally. And you are their stepmom. I am their stepmom. And they can say, oh yeah, Jamie's my stepmom. But they don't have to say like, hey, stepmom. No. (laughs) Yeah, they would be like, yeah, that's my stepmom. Right. And Sarah would say, that's my mom. Mm Mm-hmm. But she wouldn't say it to like family or people like who were close to her before. Mm-hmm. They know that I'm Michelle. Yeah. But around friends and stuff, I think because her mom had passed, it makes her feel comfortable knowing that she's not lacking anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why. And sometimes it's just so much simpler. Oh, it's so much easier. Oh yeah, I'm her mom. Mm-hmm. It's easy. That's my daughter. 
And I, I don't think of her as my stepdaughter. I think of her as my daughter. She's mine. Like I have her full time. She is with me always. And I've always seen her as my daughter. Like even as I was, when I was a little girl, like I told you, like I just had visions of being the mom to somebody else's child. Like I just like felt it, but that doesn't mean she doesn't have a mom. She has an amazing mom. It's just, I'm her mom right here, right now. Mm -hmm. So good. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Where can everyone find you? Ooh, at the Michelle Wolf is where I am on Instagram. I also have a new active wear line. Check it out. It's called Move Life and Move is with a U, M-U-V-E life.com. And then I also have a podcast, the Move Forward podcast. Love it. We will link everything for everyone. Thank you so much for sharing this. This is like a much needed conversation. Definitely lacking in the step home space. Yeah. Well, thank you for opening up this space. It's amazing how I just have heard from so many more people about the stepmom life. And I get it now because like it is a transition. So well done for you. Thank Thank you you for putting it out there and helping so many people. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who you think it would resonate with. And if you haven't already, if you could take a couple minutes, head to iTunes and give this podcast a rating and a review. It would mean the world to me. But only if you like the episode though. If you don't, that's cool. Just remember what they say. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Now, if you are a stepmom craving more, I highly recommend joining my membership, the exclusive stepmom community. Members get access to additional podcast episodes, interviews, and coaching sessions, and live Q&As, and just exclusive next-level content and conversation that I don't share anywhere else. Have an issue or a stressor that you'd like my support with? Just bring it to the Ask Jamie section of the forum. I check in throughout the week, and I'm here to help you out. To get more information or to join, head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership, and I'll see you in there.